Hello and welcome. You're listening to Connected and Ready, an ongoing conversation about innovation, resilience and our capacity to succeed, brought to you by Microsoft. I'm Gemma Milne. I'm a technology journalist and author, and I'm going to be exploring trends around how companies are adapting to a disrupted world and preparing for tomorrow. We're going to speak to the innovators who are bringing products, operations and people together in new ways. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Augusto Modigliani, Chief Marketing Officer at BeBlue, to hear all about how artificial intelligence and big data help marketers make informed decisions that directly influence the customer's experience and loyalty. We dive into how AI technologies can help companies increase their return on advertising investments by as much as 350%, while learning more about how automation and bot technology is unlocking potential opportunities in the field of customer service. Augusto, thank you so much for coming and joining us on the show today. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, a bit about your role, your experience and your journey at BeBlue. Hello and thank you for having me here today. So my background is in marketing. I'm a chief marketing officer at BeBlue. So my experience really is uh, is related to, to, to marketing. I've been a marketeer for more than 20 years now, different areas of marketing. Uh, I started more in advertising and then I developed my career towards technology. And nowadays I'm working with technology. <laughs> and mainly I take care of the marketing strategy and the business development and with a special focus in, in artificial intelligence and, and innovation. Amazing. There's so many different topics to touch on when it comes to that intersection between marketing and technology. Thinking about the evolution of technology, the transformation of shopping habits, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what BeBlue does in terms of helping retailers strengthen what we call omni-channel customer experience. Taking a little step back, you know, I don't know if you guys remember that, you know, a few years ago, there was this kind of buzz words going around that they all, the business will all transfer into the online world and, you know, there will not be any retailer in, in the physical world. That actually didn't happen. I mean, that was completely false. Uh, obviously, we are physical people and we need to have physical experiences. So, it is true that a lot of business transfers into the online, for especially after the pandemic. You know that was a great help to to you know to keep business and going on. But what we know today is that we are a O two O environment, so we are online and offline all the time. When we wake up in the morning. We immediately go online, then we go offline again, we have breakfast, then we go online again and we're checking the news or whatever. So it's a complementary thing. So we, we keep going on and off because from the retailer point of view, it's a little bit sometimes confusing to understand the behavior of customers. And the real focus is always to improve the customer experience and to retain customers. We know that in time, this has acquired more value. So the concept of having a good customer experience has become the real value of a purchase. So this is changing the way we market things and the way we want to promote things. We know that people want to share their experiences, for example. It's very relevant for people to, to, to share their experiences. I know that you go to a restaurant and, you know, as soon as the food is brought to a table, people take a picture and share it before eating it. And they don't care if the, the food gets cold or not. It's a just different concept of an experience. So knowing this... We can help retailer to kind of meet that gap. What does it mean? That as, as a company, we started about 14 years ago 
as a digital signage company. So it was like, you know, we're called a software house and basically creating this concept of a, you know, a CMS, a content management system that could deploy content into screens inside of stores and not only. Then there was a really big evolution of this concept and a clear understanding that, you know, you can distribute content, but if you do not know who's watching those content, your whole investment is, you know, is based on something really that you cannot measure. And this is where data came into the equation. So we understood that to collect data and to uh, use those data to improve the customer experience was super necessary to us and for, you know, to our customers. So we started to build our own big data platform and starting to collect data in the physical world to understand if this content that, you know, we were, you know, showing in screens was a content that was appropriate for the people that were experiencing in the physical space, improving the customer experience. And this developed in time to the point that, you know, nowadays we collect a lot of data, of course, always in an anonymous way, always respecting the privacy of people, never recording so it's a statistical collection of data. So it's aggregated data. And this is helping us to make things happen in terms of an experience. And we got to the point where, of course, artificial intelligence made perfect sense because you always have this duality. So you have the customer experience and you also have the employee's experience. I come from marketing, so I know what is the pain of creating content and distribute mm. content, you know? So this is what we're really focused on is improving customer experience, doing automation of, of certain things happening in physical store and collecting insights. Insights that can help not only, let's say, the store owner or business owner to improve the customer experience, but also to optimize the resources that they have. And in the end, it's improving efficiency. Dynamics 365 Commerce delivers a complete omni-channel retail solution that unifies back office, in-store, and digital experiences. This end-to-end -end solution empowers retailers to personalize customer engagement, increase employee productivity, and optimize operations across physical and digital channels. Request a live demo today by following the link in the episode description. So let's dive in a little bit to some examples then of what precisely you mean by making these physical spaces, I guess, embedded with AI. And, and it's interesting, specifically this idea of making the spaces more intelligent, because the big discussion that you've been hearing a lot in these kind of technology and retail or the future of retail um, conversations, you touched on this, the idea of the death of the high street. But it's this idea of like using your bricks and mortar store for a really particular usage and then using online for what it's good for. So I wonder if you could touch a little bit on that, that. What do you mean by making physical spaces more intelligent and why does it work so well specifically in that environment? So I can give you some examples. So imagine that you know, you're entering in a brick and mortar, in a store, and the music is set to a certain volume that is a standard volume for 200 people and you're alone in the store. So that immediately doesn't add up to me. So the music should go down or up, depending on how many people you have in the store. So then imagine that you're walking through the store. And as you're walking, there is some content on the screens. And the content, let's say, that doesn't reflect at all who you are. So, for example, you know, nowadays we can show content based on gender and age. The content can be 
a little bit closer to what you may look for. The other thing that we do is when you see the content on the screen, we make sure that what is represented in the screen is physically available in the store. So one of the worst experience when you go to a store is that you go there and you see something, you want to buy it, and then they do not have it and they send you to another store in the city or they say buy it online or they say uh, we can have it here tomorrow. No, I mean, our system connects to the inventory. So you can decide to only display things that are available in the store. And this helps employees as well. I think that leads quite nicely then onto this question of what does it mean to really enhance the marketing team? So you guys have this active customer intelligence suite. Um, Tell us a little bit about that and how it works with the marketing teams. The customers are super sophisticated nowadays. There are tons of information available online and offline, and they don't need to be convinced of anything. You know, what you need to propose is something that is relevant to them and is something that they spontaneously want and they need to buy. And so basically the marketing team creates one content for everybody. So you have a female and a male content and they distribute this content, you know, everywhere. So because there is complexity from a marketing team, and previously you were talking about the omnichannel content, Concept. You can imagine that the game has really changed now because before we were talking about, uh, you know, billboard on the street, we were talking about television ads and we were talking about radio. Now with the social media, it's completely different because you can reach people immediately. You can have a, an immediate reaction. And when you create a content, that content needs to be replicated in many different platforms. So for a marketing team, it is a really complex uh, job to create all the content for many different platforms and distribute it and, you know, see the reaction and react in real time. And here is really where artificial intelligence can come to an end, helping the marketing team to focus on the content creation and the creativity on the content, uh, but not on the distribution of the content. This is why we have one of our solutions is called Minerva, which distributes content. So what it does is connected with censoring. So it's censoring in physical stores and it collects data in an anonymous way. So it's not collecting, you know, it's not recording any video, it's not recording any faces or, you know, identity of somebody. The, what it does is knows that X amount of people were here. Today, their uh, age bracket was this, they spent this amount of time in this area, and most likely they purchased from this area because they stay X amount of time in this area. So, you know, most likely they pick up. But this is anonymous. And this machine learning also knows that, you know, start to learn that that day was sunny. It start to learn that it was a bank holiday. Maybe start to know that, you know, at a certain time you have more of a peak of teenager and at other time you have a peak of, you know, uh, more adults, the, the amount of time they spend inside of the stores. And all of this, the machine start to learn it and understanding, you know, what's happening into this, in this environment. And then it start to propose to deliver certain content that is being created by the marketing team. Uh, you know, it could be a more efficient way of doing, to having a great marketing team, able to create great content, to create campaign, to focus on the result of those campaign, because the machine learning is distributing the content. And I always like to add to this that, you know, artificial intelligence, the concept of artificial intelligence has to be clear that, uh, that, Artificial intelligence, the way we do it, at least, but I think in general, is not built to substitute humans because there is no machine that will create the content. The creativity of a human being is not can ever be replaced by a machine, and this has been proven. What it is is to help 
humans to perform better in their job and to do the part that, you know, is more, you know, related to their creativity and to the campaign and so on. Let's build a little bit on that point. Um, there was a study said that in 2022, 40% of workers with customer facing positions are going to consult daily with a virtual AI powered support agent in their role. So I wonder if you could just build a little bit on that projection and tell us a little bit about how important it is to humanize bot technology for customers or for workers who are using these technologies to engage with customers. What does that really mean? Well, I think, you know, we, we also do have like, you know, some solution in our company that are bought that are in physical spaces. So our digital sign screen can give you information and, you know, compare products and can suggest you complementary products. And uh, all of this is happening because, again, it's connecting to the customer experience. So you are in a store, you want to have information. We have some solution that you can pick up a product that you immediately you get on the screen the specification of the product, the ingredients, understanding that, you know, if you are allergic to something and, uh, and so on. So let's say virtual assistant uh, are, are super important in terms of improving the customer experience and as well in helping the employees to not go crazy and running around in a store and close to some product uh, but you have the possibility to talk with this screen and this screen has the possibility to answer to you. It is a virtual assistant because it is a screen and it's not a human being, but it's next to the product and it can give you all the information about the product, can do a comparison about the product, can tell you what is complementary, can even tell you, you know, which color they match because, for example, I'm one of those guys that don't match the colors very well. So it's basically a digital sign screen or we can put it even in a video wall or in, in any shape or form. What is uh, very relevant to us, and this is uh, something that came out from a research that we have done, but in general, we understood that people liked the bot to not be confused as a human. What I'm trying to say is that most people prefer to know that it's a machine because otherwise they feel uh, cheated you know they feel like you know you you made me speak with the machine but this machine cannot really solve my problem when instead from the beginning making sure that it's a machine that is talking to you but is there to assist you anyway people are more than happy to use it and to take advantage of the fact that you know it's available 24/7 so this is what we're focusing on of course, it's to create the best experience possible, but never forget that you are interacting with the machine. And if you need the next level, there is always a human available to help you. So the machine is not there to substitute the human, it's there to help the human and the employees. Comes back to that point around managing expectations, right? It's you don't want people to expect something of a particular ilk and then be disappointed. You've mentioned data and security and privacy quite a few times in this conversation, and it's great to hear that it's clearly really important to be blue and, and to yourself. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how you're able to ensure data privacy when you are working with lots of different kinds of data to provide these experiences both in store but then also across all these various different kind of marketing uh, suite of products that you have. Yes, we follow the GDPR, which is you know one of the strongest law for data privacy regulation. The main concept behind this is that first of all, is not right to use uh, personal data of, of people, and the second, that is even more important, maybe, is that you don't need it. 
You don't need it. You don't need to know the name of somebody. It has to be such a great experience that you don't need to be intrusive of their life to convince them to buy something. So the new generation of consumer, of customers, are completely aware of this. And they value the experience way more than the previous generation. And, you know, sometimes the product itself that they buy is not as relevant as the experience they are having buying the product and sharing that experience. So, and for this, you really don't need to violate any privacy and doesn't make any sense to violate the privacy of people. So you mentioned that you're not collecting specific information about customers, um, but at the same time, you are able to determine rough age segments, um, you know, what the weather is, how many people roughly are in the store. I'm assuming you have some kind of sensor technology within, is it the digital signage or within your system? How, how does it work in order to collect that data? So we have different ways of collecting those data. Of course, when we talk about gender and age, for example, it says there is a technology called computer vision that doesn't record any image, but only is acting as a sensor. So there is like this micro camera that only detects that a woman between the age of 20 and 30, it was in a specific moment for a specific amount of time. This is the technology that we use to determine the gender and age, basically. Talking about, um, I guess... You mentioned this idea of if you can just make the experience so great or really get the segment right, as it were, um, so that the, whatever's being shown on screen is relevant. How do you get that right, right? Because um, I'm a woman in between the ages of 26 and 30, and um, I'm not the same as many other women between the ages of 26 and 30. But if that's what you knew about me, maybe you'd show a dress. I hate wearing dresses, for example. So right. how, do, how do you get the insights that work without making assumptions that are frankly going to put people off? What, what's that based on? And, and specifically, how do you do that for all different clients who have got different market segments, you know, you can't possibly have enough data from each individual client to then use for their own personal segments. Tell us a little bit about that. For sure, there is a, an approximation, uh, you know, it's not a perfect science. So th- there, there will always be the, the possibility that I'm showing something that you you don't like dresses and there's no way that I, I can course. know that. <laughs> and uh, But it's through a calculation. So we analyze data and we understand trends and we understand the behaviors and we go for the majority. So we go for, in general, statistically, this is uh, this I give you an example. So let's say that we are in, you know, we're analyzing a physical space where you have a store. And by analyzing this store, we understand that this uh, X amount of, uh, mm, let's say, data points. So this amount of people let's say, we're in this area and, you know, we're looking at, let's say it's the dress area and there are these age brackets and then this converted to a cell, there is a statistical calculation that this is the content that fits the most in the specific moment. Then you have all the type of things because to the equation, you add the concept of, you know, the weather, you add the concept of, you know, a special uh, event that is happening. So that's why is not anymore a human calculation, it's a machine learning that we calculate. So there is always a margin of error because, you know, maybe I like dresses and, you know, it's going to show me other things. And this is, I think, is acceptable, but it's way better than, have, you know, the same content looping constantly. Let's kind of uh, talk a little bit about the future. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about, I guess, what you envision the future of, I guess, marketing technology is. How do you think technology is going to continue to impact organizations' marketing plan? What kind of possibilities can marketers unlock with technology? 
Well, I mean, they're different. As I explained to you before, you know, we tend to always forget about a specific segment or category that, that are the, the employees, you know. So we see that uh, there is a lot of space for improvement in the area. And i just give you an example. So uh, the solution I was explaining to you before that is called Minerva, this artificial intelligence that distributes content uh, based on, you know, machine learning, also, we build something on top of that, which is a prediction model, so a forecast. So we are testing this right now. It's actually existing. So what we did, we are able to predict what will happen into the store, into the physical place that day. So imagine, normally, if you are an employee of, a, let's say, fast fashion, so every morning before the store opens, normally they are inside of the store, they set up the different things that they need to be set up, you know, refilling the shelves or whatever it is. This machine learning delivers every morning a forecast of what will happen in the store that day. So the amount of customer that will go there, which areas they will visit, which will be the most likely product to be sold that day, you know, and uh, this will allow them to be prepared to understand when they need to have more people uh, in on staff during the working hours and to have a better experience as an employee as well. You kind of have like a guide that is... Not 100%, but let's say maybe it's, you know, 70-80% accurate and it improves during, uh, during the years because uh, the more the machine learns, the more, you know, the forecast gets closer to what's going to happen. Talking about the future, there is uh, uh, something that we did and actually we're going to present it at the Smart City World Congress next week. So together with Microsoft, uh, we, uh, together with the City Council of Barcelona, we created a call, what is called City Retail Lab. So we took an entire neighborhood of the city and we digitalize some stores there. So we choose four categories of stores. So we took a, a cafeteria, like a coffee shop. We took a sports store. We took an hairdresser. And we took a, a flower shop that is really famous uh, in Barcelona because it's 24-7. So this is something that was very, very successful. And, you know, they saw a, re- a really big increase uh, of their presence uh, and, of course, in sales and optimization of internal resources like employee time and all of this. And uh, all of this was thanks to everything that I was telling you before, you know, artificial intelligence, a forecast, receiving a forecast in the morning and telling you what is going to happen to the day, having an analysis of the space and Mm. knowing, you know, how people are moving inside of the space and understanding, you know, where where are the critical places in your stores that are not working. So why people are not going there and understanding what is the flow inside of the store. For sure, we're going more and more towards using data in a conscious way and uh, a little bit try to make sense out of this data with concrete action. So we need to have concrete action. And, you know, data are, you know, are, are fantastic, are the most beautiful thing in the world because, you know, they can give you a lot of insights, but they need to have some outcomes that a small and medium business can implement. And we are replicating this lab now in different cities and, you know, it's, it's becoming something quite important because cities are worried about, you know, the neighbors, you know, you cannot lose the local stores. Artificial intelligence will play a big role in the near future. And, you know, we are in this stage where artificial intelligence now is coming to its, um, let's say, most use because uh, before it was only used by certain entities that they were banking, you know, they've been using artificial intelligence for several years. And now 
that is reaching the small and medium businesses, that means that artificial intelligence is available to basically everybody. And, you know, you have a lot of toolkits where you can develop your own things and, you know, try things. So I'm sure that artificial intelligence will play a great role in the next years. It's already playing a great role right now and it's going to get better and better and better always connected to improving, you know, performance, to improving customer experience. So the experience will be in the center of all of this equation. And if I have to look really far away and I'm really curious and, I, you know, I would like to talk to you one day about this, uh, meaning that, you know, some some years from now, for sure, you know, maybe we will, we will talk about quantum computing and, you know, where that will bring us to because that will be disruptive for sure because if we're thinking about data and, you know, the concept of, you know, collecting data, you can just imagine with the quantum computing what, what could happen theoretically. So one day it will be nice to talk about that as well. <laughs> Perhaps a topic for uh, for keep the podcast going for another couple of years, and we'll we'll get to it. Although saying that quantum computing is certainly a topic that's um that's still very now and is is getting a lot of attention, precisely as you pointed out, because of the need to be able to handle huge amounts of data and run simulations to be able to make these kind of intelligent predictions. But I really like what you said earlier on about using data and and technology in general in both a conscious but actionable way, and I feel that that's true now and absolutely should be moving forward it really is the the only way we're going to get a, a good future regardless of what technology shall we say wins out as you move forward um augusto thank you so much for coming and joining us on the show uh, talking about marketing and technology and their intersection uh, really broadly but also giving us some brilliant examples of what um you guys are up to at be a blue um and some of the really exciting and uh, new things that are happening with you in your labs all over the world so augusto thank you so much for coming and joining us on the show thank you very much for having me that's it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find out more about Augusto's work and indeed some of the broader themes we discussed today in the show notes. If you enjoyed the episode, please do take a few moments to rate and review the podcast. It really helps other people discover the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe and tune in next time to continue our conversation about innovation, resilience and our capacity to succeed. Learn how Microsoft Dynamics 365 Commerce can help you personalize customer engagement, increase employee productivity, and optimize operations. Request a live demo today by following the link in the episode description.